1: And I'm Autumn. This is episode
2: forty-eight of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast, and this episode is all about info dumps. So, what is info dumps? Why do you need to avoid them, and how do you avoid them? So, yeah, that's that's a lot of
1: stuff to unpack there. It is. It's almost like um, an info dump. So we'll have to watch oh, that. No. <laughs> oh no!
2: <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I don't know how else, how else would I introduce a podcast episode if I cannot do an infodom? I don't know. I'll need to invent some sort of character and talk about it or something.
1: Yeah, this will be a fun one to uh, loop readers into. But hey, I enjoy the irony of it. (laughs) Yeah. So what's happening on your side, Autumn? Oh, life is crazy. I have in the last... Month was crazy enough because I started the month knowing I wanted to change and to get off the road at the beginning of October and not knowing where to go, what to do, or where I'd be living, or what I'd be doing when I lived there. And at the end of the month, I have, I'm actually going to pick up a job again for a little while working in the environmental field, which is where my master's degree is. So I'm, I'm super passionate about saving the planet. And Greta Thornburg is one of my heroines. So I'm really excited to. Be working again in conservation for a little while at least, and mm. getting my feet wet. And I moved yesterday. Oh, at least as a listening of this, which is um, you know we're recording this earlier in November than compared to when we're releasing it. So at the beginning of November, I moved yesterday to Vermont, which as a state I've always wanted to live in. And ju- it's odd because our cars are registered in Vermont for when we were traveling because it's one of the few states where you don't have to live in the state. And you can still register your vehicles there and you can do it online and it's so easy. And I used to joke, Mm. people would walk up to us like, oh, where are you from in Vermont? And I didn't feel like explaining all of that to (laughs) some stranger in a parking lot. I'd just say (laughs) Prattleboro. And lo and behold... Yesterday, I moved to Brattleboro. So it's sort of like foreshadowing, isn't it? It's like karma. It is. (laughs) And so I thought, okay, this is total foreshadowing. So I moved to this town and I'm really close to downtown and it's got a food co-op. It's got cafes. There is a brewery in walking distance to my house. And it is just fantastic. And also in the midst of all that craziness, um, we decided to sell our truck and camper So that was a huge change. And by selling it, we had this great offer that we couldn't turn down. It meant I got rid of my reliable travel vehicle. So I also had to find a car and buy it in two days. So, Mm. (laughs) Happily, I actually fell in love with a car that was kind of hard to find. And I'd given up on it and went and test drove like a cross track and all these, you know, almost all the cars out right now look the same. They're like a hatchback on an SUV platform. They're identical. I don't care if it's a Nissan, Hyundai, Subaru. They all look the same to me. RAV4, I test drove them all and they're kind of gutless. If anyone doesn't know anything about me, I came from a Mustang family. I like sports cars. Okay. I, I admit it. I used to have a BMW 328i and when you hit 70, the exhaust opened up to flow through and the suspension settled because of the aerodynamics going over it. And you just felt this car's st- settle and just fly. Not that I ever did. I swear I was so <laughs> such a good driver. But yeah, so I do like my sports cars. And I just trying to tell myself I'm in my 40s. I don't need a sports car. I just traveled slowly across the entire continent for 100,000 miles, you know, 150, 200 miles a day. I don't need a sports car. Oh, but I found a WRX Subaru um, Impreza hatchback. So it's slightly practical. You can put stuff in it and I'm in love with this car and this car is in love with me. And after finding it on the 31st of October, I bought it the next day. <laughs> and It's not a new car. It's a 2012, but I love it. I it's It just feels like it was meant to be.
2: Yeah, you you know you have the excuse that because because you just explained that that you have always loved fast cars and stuff like that so I'll give you that excuse. But do you know what you say about men here in Denmark when you sort of get into your 40s and you buy sports
1: cars? Oh yeah, midlife crisis. Yeah. (laughs) but
2: i'll give you i'll give you that excuse because you actually said that you loved it before then so i I guess it doesn't apply to you
1: i think um i had a purple mini cooper uh s so sports mini cooper and i think that was my midlife crisis car because it was a purple mini cooper come on this is at least black and a little understated and it's a hatchback i could have actually my nephew is buying a brand new wrx and he has an a newer one than the one I just bought that is a sedan. And I could have bought that from him from a really good price. And it's in fantastic shape. But I would have forever thought of it as my nephew's WRX. And I'd be like freaking out. Where this one, you know, it's got a few stings, scratches. And, you know, it's it'll be a perfect daily commuter. And I'm really excited. So yeah, my life is crazy. And it's got to settle down eventually. But it's been a crazy crazy month and a very whirlwind of a week, so hopefully you've been a little bit more steady I think yeah,
2: well, yeah, I guess you could say more steady, but uh, <laughs> but of course we also on our, speaking of selling uh, you know we are oh, tr- yeah. also trying to sell our house uh, because I don't remember if I talked about this on the podcast before, but our our kids goes to school in another city. It's it's not that far off, but it's far enough that you can't bicycle or anything. So you do need to drive there. And the bus connections are poor in the sense that you need to take the bus to another city to then change to another bus to go to the city where the school is. So it it, it takes like an hour commuting if you want to go. And it's it's like 15 kilometers or something. Oh my so, goodness, an hour so go it's,
1: 15 it, kilometers.
2: Yeah, it takes like 15 minutes in the car, right? But wow. you need to spend an hour in the bus. So the bus is out of the question, and cycling is also too far for them. So we now that the kids starting is, has started to get older,
1: mm-hmm.
2: they also you know they want to play with their playmates and stuff, and I understand. Uh, but the the problem is that every time they want to do that, we have to drive back and forth. So on those days, we end up driving to deliver them to school in the morning, picking them up in the afternoon, or one of them maybe, and then the other one will go and play with somebody, then driving that guy home. <laughs> And then driving back to that city in the evening to pick up the other one and driving back again. So we're driving like four times in a day and it's 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 really annoying.
1: Yeah, you're at that so, age where they're more active, but they can't quite legally drive. So Yeah, they, they can't get around themselves,
2: right? So <laughs> it, it I don't know, the, the the older they've gotten, the more annoying it's getting. So we decided <laughs> to sell the house and move to that city instead. Uh, but then somebody needs to buy this house. And there's at least so far, there's not been much activity, but over the last seven, days the house has actually been shown twice oh to exciting potential yeah but it, it's so weird because then afterwards of course the real estate agent always calls us and tell us how how it went mm-hmm. and in both cases the people who then came and saw the house then afterwards told the real estate yeah well this this is uh the kid one of them said that the kitchen was too small and the other one said that the living room was too <sighs> small and i was like talking to my wife and i was like i, I don't get it you know why are these people, you know, I'm not, I don't, for my sake, you know, it's up to them if they want to buy a house or not, <laughs> so, but my, I'm more thinking like you're spending your your Sunday or Saturday or whatever, driving out to watch a ha- or see a house that you might be interested in. But right there on the internet, when you decided to book the viewing, it says how big all the rooms are and there's pictures of everything. So why are you spending your time going out, looking at a house that you already know from the pictures, it's too small. (laughs) I I just don't get it, but uh, (sighs) I don't know. And of course, my wife has to do all the cleaning, oh. and we need to prepare everything every time before somebody comes. So, right, and then you can't yeah, be she, there. Gets, she gets pretty annoyed <laughs> <laughs> when they just show up and, like, yeah, it's too small. Like, yeah, you should have <laughs> figured no. that out before you came.
1: <laughs> Unlike me, who I've rented this apartment sight unseen based on pictures, and that the the owners, the who have the lease, are just super nice and informative and and cut us some deals. So. Yeah, That's there's good. me, and then there's you. Just need to find someone like me to buy your house. Super so, like, yeah, perfect. I guess so. I like the photo. Yeah, I'll make it. When do. can
2: when can you uh, come to Denmark then? And <laughs> you can buy this house, and then we'll buy another one.
1: I will consider that.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and I guess apart from that, we could also mention that um, we finished up the or you have finished up the mm. content review of the plotting book. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a great book.
1: I cannot wait.
2: Yeah, exactly. So basically now we can get into creating the outline for book one of our new series, uh, because that's going to be a download- downloadable example within the plotting book. Yeah. So once that is done, well,
1: we basically write on to editing and publishing. Yes. And of course, driving ourselves crazy because we have the outlines, the book we want to write as well. Yeah, that's <laughs> one thing
2: at a time. We also have a few <laughs> courses in the making and all that fun stuff. So oh, yeah, one, t- one thing at a time.
0: A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy podcast. Yeah, so
2: I don't know if you noticed this one, uh, but did you see Miffy posted a picture of herself in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group? Did you see that, Autumn? I might have missed that with all the moving and driving and Yeah, hacking. I could imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was so cool because she was driving and listening to this podcast, and then she posted a picture of herself and said that she was going to a weekend conference and uh, I don't know I just love pictures and messages from listeners so please send us more
1: yeah I think I actually did catch that one because I remember commenting to my husband Adam that that is just cool it is so neat to see people you know saying hey I, I listened to you guys while I was going to a conference so I did see that one that was pretty nice
2: yeah I love that and uh, so so yeah please uh, send us more uh, pictures or comments and stuff we, we loved seeing that it it really, I mean, if you try to look at it from the podcast producer's point of view, here I mean, we we're sitting by, behind our microphones <laughs> in isolation and recording some audio, and on then we upload it somewhere of the on the ocean.
1: internet. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, even on even opposite to see side each other. of the
2: world. Yeah, exactly, and we can't even see each other on the recording either. So it it just it's so awesome when we get a message and some you know people listen from people listening and 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 whether you like it or not that's up to you but but, <laughs> but you know it's not because uh, i'm not trying to say you have to tell us that you like the podcast but uh, it's just cool to know that somebody's listening that that's yes. my point
1: very cool it, yeah, i mean yeah we see the download stats but individuals are so much more fun to actually hear and talk to so that's great we'd love to hear yeah, from absolutely. you yeah i was laughing cuz i i remember uh, again Zaid, but i loved his comments on um the little Patreon post I had just done about killing off characters and his perspective. <laughs> I never really thought about that. He said that, you know, he knew he was going to kill off one. So he had a hard time bonding with the character until he kind of put that aside and, and really started like, you know, feeling this character out. I'm like, yeah, I guess that is the alternative as, unless you're like really good at George R. R. Martin and just really going in depth of the character, knowing that you're going to ax them in the next, chapter or something (laughs) i guess i'm not that hardcore either but hmm, it's gave me something to think about which i love i love it when someone gives me a different perspective and i have to think well that would be a drawback if i if i know i'm going to kill someone off will i change my mind about how i develop them or make them just a little bit more annoying so maybe the readers don't feel quite as bad or am I gonna make them even more awesome so that readers really feel bad? So I'll have to think about that, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Actually, I, I think we well not killing off characters as such, but we are talking a bit in the plotting book about uh, you know making sure that readers like the characters and and how to do that. So that that's quite interesting. But uh, I also think uh, based on what we just said, we we basically just mentioned the two places where where you can interact some more so there's the am writing fantasy facebook group so if you have not joined that one already please do you know just search for am writing fantasy in the facebook group section and uh, you will find us and uh, you can then just request uh, to join, and we will let you in. Or I, I guess maybe, probably, most likely, <laughs> our awesome moderator Luke will lead us to Absolutely. it because he often <laughs> do that, <Yeah. laughs> and he he really helps a lot with managing the group. So we we are very much appreciating that uh, Luke. Mm-hmm. So thanks for that. Uh, and the other place you can uh, get a closer connection or ask questions and, and all that stuff is uh, on Patreon. So there's a link in the show notes for that. Uh, we actually just before recording this podcast episode, we just came off recording the monthly Q&A session. So if you're joining on the $5 tier level on Patreon, you can actually get access to a exclusive monthly Q&A session. And uh, you can also ask us questions and we will record some good answers for you to today's topic. Info dumping.
1: Yeah, we have to not dump info (laughs) while trying to explain (laughs) what it even is.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know that a few different types here. So for example, you could be talking about backstory info dumping. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could talk about world building info dumping. And then there's also emotional info dumping.
1: Where do you put historic? There's often people who want that backstory. So yeah, that's the
2: world-building stuff, yeah, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I guess it is. I was thinking of it a little bit differently, but I guess in a way it really is what came before. So that's part of world-building. Yeah, indeed. I mean, but maybe maybe we should start out by
2: defining what info dump in, is and then also just say, why is it an issue to do info dumping?
1: Absolutely. I think that is important. I know for... As you know, I should go ahead and Google like what the f- official definition is. Maybe you'll do that while I'm talking. But oh, okay. to me, it's it's when you're reading and you get to a part that it's not a plot of the novel. It's not action. It's suddenly this, you know, it's not just a couple sentences. It's paragraphs, sometimes pages of information that really doesn't do anything to move the story forward. And that is my personal definition of info dumping. And I'm not sure if it says something different online. Hmm. No, not really. There's <laughs> just a lot of
2: opinions, uh, uh-huh. but 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 I I think um, info dumping. So that's basically where you're you're telling the reader some information. So this could be something as I, as I just said, you know, character backstory. It could be something to do with the world uh, as such, or some mm-hmm. about how a certain kingdom works, or a religion or magic system or whatever it may be um, or it could be uh, well more emotional stuff like uh, how the reader feels about something but when it's done as in not in the narrative of the story but it's just you the writer telling to the reader that okay so this kingdom over here works like this and that you know or It was actually so that 200 years ago, blah, 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 (laughs) blah, you know, that sort of thing is info dumping, whereas there's nothing wrong with telling the reader that blah, blah, blah happened 200 years ago. If it's because one character is telling it to another character who doesn't know it, then it's absolutely fine. And it's not an info dump, but it's an info dump if, if it's just you getting it across to the reader because you need to maybe just tell it because you think it's important to the story. And maybe it is important to the story, but then... It is sort of the mechanism or the the way that you're delivering the information that defines if it's an info dump or not.
1: Yeah, I agree. Does that make I, sense? That, that does. I think the telling is really the key thing. You are just giving the reader information without having it be an active part of the plot. The character is not going through it. Or it's not dialogue. And even the dialogue, you have to be careful because if you have the character saying it in dialogue, but again, it has really no impact on the story or it's just this tiny... You know, it's like almost reading a bedtime story where someone's relating information that you're just like, and they're saying it in a way that is not natural, and they're just piling on like a monologue in a superhero film. It doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. You don't want a whole monologue of saying, well, you know, you have to remember, you, even though you've known this since you were five years old, that this happened 200 years ago, and that is why we're doing <laughs> this now. No, that's still that's still info dumping. I don't care if it's in dialogue. <laughs> If the character should know it, they should come across as knowing it, um, even if it's like, "Will you remember or something. It, Yeah, it's very difficult. But definitely the telling. I think you hit the key aspect there, that it's something that goes on for a long time, that it may or may not have something to do with the plot of the novel. It ha- could have some key part of it. But you're just telling it to the reader instead of showing it or having the character somehow demonstrate it and show it. And that's a huge issue. And why? Why Why do you think... Why does it bother you, Jesper? Uh, three things, I would say. Oh, <laughs> not list. one, but three things. <laughs> <laughs> why am I not surprised you have a list already? <laughs> I
2: always have lists. I'm, I'm always... I love making lists and all that. You know that. I know. <laughs> Especially to-do lists. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, but okay. Three things. So one... Um, info dumps simply stops the forward momentum of the story. So it it sort of breaks the story. And then you're getting this paragraph of 200 years ago in a kingdom far, far away. And it's like, yeah, okay, but what happened to to the fight that was just about to happen? Mm -hmm. So it it just breaks the momentum and and that's not good. The other thing is that it removes the reader from sort of the story world, if we can call it that. So it pulls the reader out of the story. and, And because as soon as you start reading info dumps on a page, you're not emerged in the story anymore. You, mm-hmm. you you sort of as a reader, you're you're pulling yourself out of it and then you're reading some some fact stuff here, Oh, okay, I see, I see. okay. And then you're getting back trying to get back into the story. and it, and every time you pull the reader out of the story, that's not good. you You want to keep them emerged so that they keep just flipping pages and want to see what's happening next. So that's why it's important not to deliver the information as an infodom, but as part of the narrative of the story.
1: Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, Eh, it's just boring. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good reason. I have to admit, that's I think that's one of my pet peeves. As one, it, it you lose the momentum and the, the you know that bond with the reader or the character. Because I mean, that's why I'm reading a story is I like the character, and usually it has nothing to do with the character or anything that's happening and all, you know, all those emotions and grand things. It's just facts and honestly when i hit um if i if i keep reading the story you know the first info jumper or two i can probably get through it and i'll honestly skip pages i'll keep scanning through it and i don't read the crap anyway but then if it starts happening too many times that's it i just mm-hmm. you know that's when your to-do list comes up and you're like i really should be doing laundry why am i reading this right now i'm not enjoying it anymore <laughs> Away goes the book and off I end up doing other things, walking the dog because I remembered I didn't walk the dog today. So yeah, that's, it's a big issue. If you have too many of these things, readers will one, skip it. So they're not getting the information anyway. And two, they might just be closing the novel and goodness knows if they closed the novel on something that wasn't exciting, they might not ever come back to it. That's a big problem.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, so the question is okay if if we all agree that this is a problem uh, i think based on what we're just talking about pr- probably most people can sort of recognize themselves a- as readers when they are subjected to infodumps and, and and recognize that it's not something we want to do so i guess the question is why do we write infodumps if 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 all of this is is something that maybe we are more or less aware of uh, and and personally i think it's because of movies oh. because you know, if uh, if for example,
1: if we take the <laughs> Matrix for example, okay, yeah.
2: So in in the Matrix, the when Morpheus is uh, introducing Neo to the crew of the Nebu, what is it called, Nebuchadnezzar or something yeah, like that? The, the ship, basically. Yes. So in that scene, in, in that scene, there you have the camera panning over the crew. And while the pan uh, the camera pans over the crew, Morpheus is then telling Neo about each of the crew ne- crew members, uh, and then basically also the viewer, meaning you watching it. Then so you get to know each one. But the thing is that it's not boring because you, we have the visual medium to support the, the introduction of each character. We can see what they look like, what they're doing, uh, and the medium in movies are just different than books. But I think. We are getting too much influenced by the movies, and then we think that we're gonna we're gonna have to replicate that in our books as well.
1: I agree, and I also think often it's excitement on the part of the writer. They're just there's this cool world they developed, or this you know interesting backstory. Yep. It, like we were saying, like 200 years ago in the time of the gods, blah blah blah. You, it's almost like you know they're setting up the prologue. But if it's not important in the story, if it's not interwoven into the whole fabric of the world, yeah, you, know, you don't need to show it. It's I, I like I've often tell you know young writers, new writers that you have the entire space of the novel. a hundred thousand words to share your world. Don't try to fit it into the first chapter. You just want to kind of spread out those amazing things like today about this world, I just discovered that there's, there's a plant called Purple. Uh, purple Purpleberry, um, there's a plant that actually produces these really cool purple berries. I didn't know that about this world. It took me <laughs> until I was 45 to discover this ornamental plant. That's amazing. That's what you want to do for your readers. You want to put the purple berry, you know, way back there and hopefully just the middle of the novel and yeah. let them discover this stuff as they go. So it's still new and exciting on page 345 as it was on page three. So that's, to me, what's important with info dumping is learning to spread out those descriptions and not being so excited to tell everyone about this really cool thing you you created and wrote and developed in page two or three. Because if you're that excited... You probably, you're too excited about your world. You need to back up and look at your characters and your novel and your story and make sure that those are really what's driving it forward and not just a showcase for the amazing world you developed, which it should be amazing, but that's not why you're telling the story. No, true, true. And actually, um, I, have a, um,
2: I have an audio clip queued up here that Ooh. we can listen to. Uh, and you don't even know what it is,
1: Autumn. No, I don't. This is kind of, you, you hinted about this before we started recording and you're like, oh, I'm not going to tell you. So <laughs> I'm quite curious what you found and prepared for us.
2: Yeah, because I, I prepared a bit of an audio clip here, which is, uh, I think serves as an excellent example of what I just said before on why I think it is that uh, uh, we authors sometimes get into wanting to to do these info dumps. And uh, this is an info dump. <laughs> it's an info dump from a very, very famous fantasy story.
1: Ooh. But I promise you,
2: it's awesome and you're going to like it. Okay, let's go. Okay. So um, I think Autumn and myself will go on mute here so we don't accidentally cough. And then uh, while uh, while we, we do that, you dear listener, you just uh, sort of sit back and relax, and uh, just enjoy these next few moments.
3: The world is changed. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air, much that once was is lost, for none now live who remember it. It began with the forging of the Great Rings. Three were given to the Elves, immortal, wisest and fairest of all beings. Seven to the Dwarf Lords, great miners and craftsmen of the mountain halls. And nine, nine rings were gifted to the race of men who above all else desire power. For within these rings was bound the strength and will to govern each race. But they were all of them deceived, for another ring was made. In the land of Mordor, in the fires of Mount Doom, the Dark Lord Sauron forged in secret a Master Ring to control all others. And into this ring, he poured his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all life. One ring to rule them all. One by one. The free lands of Middle-earth fell to the power of the Ring, but there were some who resisted. A last alliance of men and elves marched against the armies of Mordor, and on the slopes of Mount Doom, they fought for the freedom of (laughs) Middle-earth. It was in this moment when all hope had faded that Isildur, son of the king, took up his father's sword the enemy of the free peoples of Middle-earth was defeated.
2: Oh, that stuff just gives me so <laughs> much goosebumps.
1: It is. I say for an info dump, it is spectacular, but that's because they're throwing in sound effects and I mean, if you're actually watching it, visuals. So that makes it an exciting info dump and an important piece of history that goes with The Lord of the Rings.
2: Yeah, I mean it it is so awesome, and I I think that this is exactly why, especially probably new writers want to do the same in the novel. They Mm -hmm. they want to replicate this stuff. But as you just say, you know what? With this info dump here, you have of course the visuals when you're watching it. But even without the visual, just listening to it, like this, still gives me the goosebumps. But it it has you, you know, it has the great, great music. Mm -hmm. It has the awesome voice acting. Mm -hmm. So you know all of that is it's just not there on the page when 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 you write it i mean you cannot replicate this stuff on the page so as i said before the medium of movies and the medium of books is just
1: different and you you cannot copy it no i agree and yeah it's you can't it's a totally different medium and yeah it, you, we cannot recreate maybe if you're doing an audiobook and you're throwing in the sound effects and you have an amazing narrator but it's probably just Best to avoid it, and I have to admit, my mind started wandering towards the end because, you know, once I figured it out, and then they get into all the gurgly stuff, and there was like, okay, come on, (laughs) let's get to the point, people. So you know, even and then I actually found myself wondering, I'm like, okay, three to the elves, seven to the dwarves, nine to people. Why did people get nine and only the elves only got three? Because there's less elves. So you know, my mind. (laughs) (laughs) is already like just trying to unpack something with numbers instead of fully listening to the war effects so that's the problem with info dumps that can happen
2: that can happen, but, but of course, I think we also need to be mindful uh, when we are listening to it, we are listening to it as writers. So yes. our mind works a bit different. We automatically start analyzing it, whereas <laughs> the reader won't do that. They they will just enjoy it. That's right? true. That yeah. is true. I mean, ever, ever since I started writing, watching movies has also oh. been broken for me because <laughs> I cannot watch a movie without starting analyzing. And my, sometimes my wife gets so annoyed with it. She's like, okay, so who is the killer? And I say, well, it's this and that person, and she's like, "Ah, oh, for fuck's sake!"
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I would be screaming at the s- screen, you know, plotting this character and stole. that was. F- oh yeah, you just don't get me started about really horrible script writing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So of course, I think, <laughs> in all honesty, we need to be mindful that that we don't view stories as 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 readers. Complete. I mean, we are of course readers ourselves, but. But you do get into the habit of analyzing stuff, which you won't do if you're just a normal sort of reader, if if I could put it like that.
1: Or if you're trying to think about just, you know, we're creating this for a reader, not for a reader who's also a writer, because you could never determine if people, how many books they've read. This could be their first ever novel, probably not, but you want to at least kind of consider who your ideal reader is. And they're a reader, not a writer. So Mm. hopefully they're not kind of pulling apart everything on you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So maybe
2: in, in terms of getting into how we can avoid, avoid info dumping, uh, I, I also actually wanted to mention another movie. Uh, have you watched the Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio?
1: I think I have, but I can't remember. So it's not coming straight to the top of my mind, but I know the title. Right. I, yeah. It, it's
2: a really, really good movie. Um, but I think even though it's a movie uh, and again, I I just said it was not the same medium as a book, but (laughs) I think it's still a good example to, to share uh, information with the reader. I mean, how it does it well, because the the concept of inception is, is quite complex. It's these characters who are moving around in not just one dream, but like multiple layers of dreams. And you, so you can dream within the dream to get deeper and stuff. It's pretty complex. Um, Yet, You know, when the movie takes its beginning, you you could start out by explaining all that stuff and probably the viewer as well as as a reader of a book will sort of tune out and like, okay, but we don't get any long explanations in Mm -hmm. the beginning of this movie of how this shared dreaming actually works. Instead, they just start out with tension. So there's one character is telling another one how it's important to train your mind to not be vulnerable to idea theft.
1: Uh-huh. So it's
2: just this very brief dialogue and, and then bam, we are right into the story and we know that somebody can steal your secret uh, thoughts through shared dreams somehow. And that's it. And then we just take it from there. And yeah, I think I, that's a good example.
1: I think that's a good one. And if if people like uh, shows Sense8 sort of does the same thing, it's these c- groups of people, seven to eight individuals that basically can share um, sort of minds and memories and actually you know actual present they can basically be there and talking to people it's almost like having your you know your best friend with you they can just literally be there and in the same room but to go from a new watcher who doesn't know that to learning that it's sort of the characters are sort of growing and learning this and how it all works and they do a beautiful job that by the time you get to the the end where you know they're basically fighting a battle and there's other sensates and it's amazing that they, you know, that you've gone from not knowing, thinking it's a normal world and that you might be losing your mind because something weird, you're starting to hear voices in your head, to having a powerful group who takes down the enemy because you're actually eight individuals. It's amazing. And they do a wonderful job. There's never an info dump in it at all. So that's another good example if someone wants to look at a series. Yeah, uh, probably. A rule of thumb might be that you know that
2: you need much less information in the beginning of a story than you actually think in mm-hmm. order to keep the reader engaged. Because you might naturally start thinking, well, okay, I, I need to explain this, and then I also need to explain that because otherwise it won't make much sense. But in all honesty, the reader won't need, need half of what you think they need because they will also build the uh, they will build a lot of the context in their own mind. Uh, as they start reading. And then you can sort of seed in the bits that they need to know as as the story runs along, uh, rather than giving them paragraph upon paragraph uh, at the start, because it's really not necessary.
1: Yeah, I think that's, those are really my two, I have two rules with really writing and information. And one is that you should never have two sentences of description or something that's non-action, even history Two sentences. Any more than that strung together, stop. Just stop. It should all be threaded in the description, the history. It should be mixed in with the dialogue. It should be mixed in with action. You know, they're in a tavern, whatever it is, you describe them pacing across the wooden floor or the other patrons. You have other things going on. You don't need to just simply tell the reader that it's a 200-year-old tavern and it has wooden floors you know, make the characters experience it so that the reader feels it through the characters. It should all be about showing. And the other big one is that you just need to, oh, you know what? It just popped totally out of my mind. (laughs) That's so funny. Anyway, I, you know, that's what I call with all the moving and everything else going on. But I think the other (laughs) one, oh, curiosity, that is what I was going to say. The problem with info dumps is you're killing curiosity. In fact, you're you're really making people bored. And what you want, especially the beginning of the novel, is curiosity. You know, you have action happening, and you're not really explaining why it's working. You know, you have a demon busting through a door, and someone throws something at it that makes it evaporate. They know what happened, but they don't know why. And maybe they're going to be curious as to why this object could do this to this poltergeist thing that's perfect. The last thing you want to do is explain why it worked and why it was blessed by so-and-so. And this happened 300 years ago and turn it into this. And there's this piece of this saint embarked. Oh my God, that's so boring. You just want it to work. So those first chapters, especially the last thing you want to do is an info dump. What you want to do is actually really be careful with your information and just dole it out so slowly so that the reader is curious they want to know what else they're going to learn what else is going to happen and why is this all happening and working that makes them excited so that's why info dumps at in the beginning especially can just kill that curiosity you explained it all in the first five pages and they're like okay story's done i don't need the next 95 percent of the novel <laughs> oh well <laughs> yep So I I think maybe to
2: summarize, we could say don't confuse the written media with movies. (laughs) It is not the same thing. Do not try to replicate what they're doing in movies. (laughs) No. And uh, find ways to share information with the reader that aren't telling them what they need to know, but it's instead shared through the plot moving forward and characters speaking to one another. So next Monday, Autumn and I will share which social media networks we love the most for (laughs) writers.
0: If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on patreon.com slash amwritingfantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.